the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We start hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show on Thursdays with our weekly chat with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org. You can follow Matt on Twitter at OhioMatt and read his Substack, The Patriot Mind, by searching it on Substack. And it's been a week, Matt, since you announced here that you're exploring the possibility of running for governor in uh, 2026. Since that time, of course, Governor DeWine has given his State of the State address, and we'll get to your analysis of that in a moment. I'm just curious, how do you feel like that has been received? I see uh, various media entities around the state writing about you, which attention in this case is definitely a good thing. It's been a great first week. I mean, you know, I think what 10 to 12 different media uh, organizations across the state covered it. Uh, lots of email and, and notes back from folks in support of what I'm doing. I think I've already got about 10 percent of the counties in the process of, of speaking engagements, which is great. So, you know, this is the slow and steady wins the race idea, right? You got to just slowly get out there, try to hit all 88 counties, meet the people, uh, let them kick the tires. So it's, it's been a really good, fun first week. Yeah, and you're very detailed in why you're running. People can find those details on your website, ohiomat.com. Uh, but you also have said that if the things that you hope to accomplish, should you be elected governor, are accomplished, there'll be no need for you to run for governor. So I'd be curious to get your analysis of the governor's state of the state address on Tuesday, where he announced some educational reforms, and he uh, announced some things that were well-received by both parties, Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, look, I mean, you know this. I'd love nothing more than to have somebody fix these problems without me having to do it, right, or somebody like me having to do it. But but uh, the the state of the state and the budget he rolled out is, is more of the same. It's milk toast. Uh, we don't, you know, like other states are moving for a universal uh, school choice where all the state money follows the kids. Not Ohio, though, even though we have the supermajorities to do it. Uh, we're expanding Medicaid, which is already swallowing 50 percent of the state budget. Uh, we're in enrollments already over 3.5 million. Uh, which is about 74% the size of Ohio's private sector. So he wants to expand Medicaid again. Um, now, again, noble cause for what he wants to do, but there has to be other ways to do it than to keep expanding a program that's, that's breaking the break of the bank. Um, and what's interesting is in his state of state, there were several pieces of it where, frankly, he's reacting to my, my announcement. Um, won't admit it, but, you know, suddenly now he's talking about, oh, well, I know a lot of people are asking – about, you know, what about the rest of us outside of central Ohio, which, as you know, Bruce, for, for months and months, I've been hitting the issue of, you know, Columbus and Cincinnati doing great, rest of Ohio not. Uh, we put out the population charts of the county showing the hollowing out of Ohio. We've shown the jobs data that, you know, other than Columbus and Cincinnati, the rest of Ohio is losing jobs. So he, he went into a real long, you know, spiel about that, and they're going to throw about two and a half billion dollars around the rest of Ohio uh, to try to kind of essentially buy off. Uh, what they have failed to do over, over the last four years. But again, let's make this bigger than you know Mike DeWine and John Husted. John Kasich failed to do it too, right? And Bob Taft before him. And so the the, the reality here is, you know, uh, the, the you know they're talking about making every 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 area in Ohio will have a shovel ready project for when something big comes in. And and I would say, look, 
instead of spending two and a half billion dollars to to shovel ready Ohio, and again, if you remember that term comes is an empty empty meaningless Obama era term from yes. the, I think the American Recovery Act, if if I'm not mistaken, correct, where they had all these shovel ready projects that weren't at all shovel ready, and he you know he tried to claim that the Intel project was shovel ready, which is why Lincoln County got it. And look, Bruce, you and I know. There was nothing shovel ready about Lincoln County. They had to buy the property, get it ready. They have to lay the sewers and the roads to get there. They have to do. They had to spend two billion dollars to pull the company into here. Um, so th- there was nothing shovel ready about that project. It's just another, you know, keep keep the Central Ohio area dumb, fat, and happy, and the rest of Ohio. Well, we'll get to you eventually. Um, and so there's th- there are those problems I think that are there. And I, if, if you ask me, we should just focus on broader, you know broader economic reform in Ohio that makes all of Ohio more competitive, right? A right-to-work law, no state income tax, lower local taxes, far fewer regulatory burdens, better access to inexpensive, reliable natural gas energy, and better infrastructure like a world-class airport that facilitates cheaper and more efficient business and personal travel, right? Those things right there, you do those things, and I'll tell you what, businesses are going to come here, businesses are going to stay here, and they're going to grow because it's a, it's a place you can do business, right? Yeah, absolutely right. Our guest is Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. His Twitter is at Ohio Matt. I just felt like it was uh, in some ways contradictory to what I would want uh, a Republican and a conservative Republican to do, and I'm not contending Mike DeWine is a conservative, but he announces this new department for children, and who's going to oppose a department for children? You know, you put yourself open to all kinds of criticism, but he says in that announcement that this will consolidate the other six groups. They will work on consolidating what the other six groups that have authority over these kinds of matters do. And I'm thinking, you already have six groups and you're going to create a seventh? Like, shouldn't we have got to this consolidation effort when we got, I don't know, two groups? And then the whole Ed Choice thing, which I find ridiculous, that he's limiting it to uh, uh, families that now he says four times the poverty limit. But in his opening statement, he talks about how consequential and necessary and mandatory it is that all Ohioans are educated well then why would you restrict the educational choices of parents who in tandem make over $111,000 a year to me that's contradictory oh come on you know exactly why it's because you know the OEA gives lots of money to Republicans in Ohio and so there's no way they can kind of get that through uh, without some real courage and conviction and and that's something that DeWine Houston just doesn't have when it comes to this issue but you're right I mean I look it's like the decks of the Titanic, right? I think we used to have the Department of Jobs and Family Services, and then they got rid of that at some point, and now we're going to create it. Instead of having that entity that did it, there's going to be this new agency. And I'd say, why do you create a new agency? Isn't the problem we just need to figure out how to use what's here more effective and efficiently? And that's the problem. You don't need a department, a new cabinet department to do that. But but look, this, this budget's going to be more spending, more government, uh, and I'm not sure, as you know, that whenever we create more government, rarely does that mean more effective and efficient government. So that, it's just it's just typical. It's milk toast. It's what you should have expected. And what's interesting is, you know, it, he, pulled, he threw out these two statistics, which I I don't really think his speechwriters realize how much of a kind of a self-own it is, where he says, tragically, 40 percent of Ohio third grader students are not proficient in reading. And then later he says, 30, you know, Ohio ranks 39th at the state in the most uh, recent a Medicare service for overall quality rating for Medicare for our, our, our uh, healthcare elderly folks, right? And and keep in mind, you're throwing these stats out when Republicans have largely been in control of policy for nearly 30 years. So if if Ohio, after 30 years of those policies, is still got 40 percent of its kids that aren't proficient, or it's still ranked 39th in quality care, well, whose fault is that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and that's where again, where are the new policy ideas? Where are the new 
things that are going to change the status quo. And this is the great Albert Einstein, right? You're doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome is the definition of insanity. And this is where insanity just takes over with these folks because they just keep doing more of the same. And they're going, oh, my God, only 40 percent of kids are proficient. Well, if you don't fundamentally change the system, how do you expect the the results at the outside, at the back end to change, right? But yeah. it just doesn't work. So anyway, there's no innovation. There's no real real strategic thinking, and that's that's unfortunate. And again, that's that's why I'm I'm putting myself out there to try to really fundamentally shake up and change the system so we can get things working and get that forty percent down to five percent or less. Right. Yes, we are discussing uh, the state of the state address by the governor with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org. He has a website, OhioMatt.com, and that is where you can read his detailed uh, reasons for exploring a run for governor himself in 2026. You can follow him on Twitter at OhioMatt. We have, uh, I guess, a spin on the old football adage, the uh, best offense is a good defense. Uh, Hunter Biden spinning it to the best defense is a good offense. The president's son now says, yeah, that laptop is mine. And I want you to investigate the people who put me in this jackpot where people are asking about that laptop. What are your thoughts on Hunter Biden admitting that the laptop that 50-some national security experts said has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation? Oops, it was and is Hunter Biden's laptop. Look, forget about the 51 hacks, some of which, by the way, I know personally, uh, who, who, who knew what they were doing when they lied about what that laptop was. Let's talk about his admission means when Joe Biden sat on stage with Donald Trump in that debate and said it was Russian disinformation. It is preposterous for any human being to believe that Joe Biden, when the laptop first came out, didn't say to Hunter, hey, chief, uh, is, is that yours? And Hunter said no, which means... Joe Biden knew when he said that on stage, he was lying. And again, we spend a whole lot of time rightfully condemning George Santos because the guy seems like a pathological liar and about his bio and all that stuff. But look, Joe Biden has been lying and plagiarizing for decades. But it's okay that he does it. It's not okay that George Santos does it. And I would say, let's call spades spades. It's wrong for both of them, and they both should suffer consequences. But the idea that Joe Biden told the American people on that debate stage a known lie is deeply troubling. And boy, Bruce, you and I will wait anxiously for the Washington press corps to ask Joe Biden that very question. Did you know on stage that that was a lie when you said it? He's not lying, Matt. He's a fabulist. He's a fabulist, Matt. He's not a liar. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't that. wait. Did you see that, that, that tweet I put out that on, the, on Fox News web page on one day? The, the top had a George Santos as a liar, and then below that, it was Biden repeats repeats a a, a story. A story. Oh, you know, it, it's like it, what you, you, that's called a lie. Yeah, one's a lie, so is the other one, right? Yeah. And but but I just love the language changes we use when depending on if there's an R or a D by your name. But it's you know it's what we expect out of the media. It is well, always great to have you on. I appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Go to his website, ohiomat.com. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio. Thanks again. Thank you. So reporting top of the hour from ABC6 on the situation that occurred this morning 
around 10.30 a.m. at Ridgeview uh, Junior High School in Pickerington, where a, um, a man, we now know, committed suicide uh, while in the office at the school with uh, his wife and with a student. Uh, ABC6 on the scene, Mike McCarthy, who uh, I think generally does a pretty good job out on uh, early morning reporting, uh, speaking with Pickerington Chief of Police Todd Cheney. Um, let me make sure I don't have any other that audio doesn't... up while I'm playing this. And here is Pickerington Police Chief Todd Cheney with what occurred this morning at Ridgeview Junior High School. Just one second as I uh, get this correct audio loaded. Jumped out of the. Hold on one second. I got it coming. Here we go. Mike McCarthy uh, asking a question. So you will not hear Mike McCarthy on this particular audio cut, but you will hear Pickerington Police Chief Todd Cheney. Essentially, what happened is uh, right about 10 o'clock, maybe a little bit after this morning, uh, our office was notified by school staff uh, of a possible criminal act that had taken place with a step parent of one of their students. Uh, Now, that criminal act didn't happen here on school property. However, uh, the the stepfather, mother, and the student were here and in the office uh, at the junior high school. Uh, At that point, we had a school resource officer and a detective uh, came down to the school to to, uh, start investigating the matter. Um, At that point, uh, the stepfather was seated in an office inside the administrative area of the junior high. Uh, Our detective stepped into that office to speak with with the stepfather. Uh, He was only in there a few minutes, if that. And while the detective was in the office, the step-parent produced a a pistol and did commit suicide uh, there in front of the detective. Okay, so that's a very regrettable scene, of course. Uh, Here is more from Pickerington Police Chief Todd Cheney and a couple follow-up questions from WSYX. ABC 6's Mike McCarthy. There were no students or faculty uh, right in that immediate area of the office. So the response then was what from from the, the police department here because it was a very large response. Right. At that point, the detective uh, put out that there was a shot fired there. Uh, the school immediately went into lockdown and we began sending additional personnel here to assist them. In terms of what's next for this, what do you want families to know? We're working to get word from the school district, but for the community, um, the parents who have students who go here, what else do you want them to know that that you can share at this point? Because I know it's too early to share anything more about the active investigation that brought you here and and in terms of people who were involved in this. So what what else can you share right now? Luckily, uh, no students or faculty or our detective were hurt. It's obviously an extremely unfortunate situation that a life was lost. Uh, However, I think with our um, quick response from our detective and our school resource officer here, they were here within minutes that we were notified um, and began to address the situation. Uh, And I think that may have led to just this single suicide. Other than that, we are busing students from the uh, junior high to Central High School where parents can... Uh, pick up their students from there. Uh, the coroner is on the scene, so once uh, the coroner finishes up, then we'll be able to uh, start the rest of our investigation from there. So that's Pickerington Police Chief Todd Cheney. Um, no active shooter. The uh, 
kids at school are safe. No children were harmed. Um, they have obviously a huge law enforcement presence on scene, and they are allowing the junior high students to uh, go home with their parents in an orderly fashion. And um, I want to thank ABC6 for that audio. Now, yesterday about this time, we were talking about the raid on Joe Biden's Rehoboth Beach, Delaware home, FBI raiding the home. Uh, What I've since found out is that yesterday was the first day that the special prosecutor, Robert Hur, in the Biden document scandal, first day he was on the job. So what do you do on your first day on the job? Well, you do the things that should have been done before or the things that you absolutely positively have to have done in order to preserve the uh, veracity of your investigation. So he walks in and he's like, we have searched at the Rehoboth Beach home, have we not? Uh, No. And we're doing that. So will they now get to the University of Delaware? Will they get to the two semi-tractor trailers full of documents that the University of Delaware has been keeping people away from? Don't know. But here's Andy McCarthy uh, on why the search of the Rehoboth Beach Beach, the, the Rehoboth Beach Beach home. Andy McCarthy explaining why, shocker, they found no additional classified documents. Common sense says if you give people three months notice that you, you may be searching a place, <laughs> you're not apt to find uh, much, if anything, that's incriminating. At the same time, you can, you can say from the point of view of the prosecutor, he comes into the investigation that's like a gaping hole in things that should have been done but haven't been done. Uh, and he'd obviously be deeply criticized, and rightly so, if they didn't check that box. Yeah. Hey, there's a federal crime committed over here, FBI. Oh, really? Ooh, let me check my calendar. Uh, we have an opening in three months. <laughs> are you busy? <laughs> on, are you busy on February 1st? Uh, yeah, but it's uh, November 2nd. We just discovered classified documents in the Joe Biden globalization Chinese money laundering think tank. I'm sorry. We're really busy. Uh, we, we, got, we got Thanksgiving. We got Christmas. We got New Year's. A couple kids' birthdays. Uh, the only opening I have on my schedule. What is this, like getting a physical exam from your doctor? Hey, doc, I'm having some pain in my chest. Can I come in for Ah, oh, I'll see you in three months. What could go wrong, right? Three months later, virtually to the day that they found the documents in the Biden pen think tank, they get around to searching his Rehoboth Beach home and found nothing. Now, wait, did they find nothing? They took notebooks out of the home. They didn't find any documents that said classified, top secret, but they took notebooks out of the home. What what kind of notebooks? Why would they be interested in notebooks? And if they took notebooks and there are certain things in those notebooks, what would that signify? I'll have a little uh, perspective on that next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.